Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Hello. So good to be with you. After all the years, this is the first opportunity we've had to actually do some ministry together. Very exciting. It's great to see everybody too at uh, on our online. And uh, it's my privilege to sit with you here today, Dr. Allen. Thank you so much, Simone. It's a real privilege. Well, we're in the middle of what some have told me is a one in a hundred years event. Although it uh, certainly was not an event that was unique to people who followed Christ down through the ages. In fact, from time to time, my parents would reflect with me the extended disruption to their lives that took place for six years during the Second World War. And if there's anything that's in, that, that is obvious about that is that my mum and my dad came through it and I am yeah. the result. Yeah. And one of the things we need to continually remind ourselves of, we're going to come through this. Yeah. Um, and when we come through it on the other side, this is God's hope and God's plan, yeah. is that during this season where we've simply been dispersed to our homes, um, and sharing our faith in the little opportunities that God gives us. And on the other side of this, there'll be a whole new generation of people who've been born into the kingdom of heaven. And by the time we come back to worship in this place again, it'll be overflowing because of the people that were gathered to Jesus during this time uh, in the interim. And so the big important issue is that we don't waste this moment. Believe for a new generation to come out of the moment that we're in right now. Um, let me just say a little bit about this issue of self-isolating. Um, it's part of our current experience. It's n unique for me. Uh, I've never experienced this before in my lifetime. But go back in history, it's happened from time to time. Would you like to hear some really good counsel from Dr. Martin Luther? Dr. Martin Luther in his time, 500 years ago, faced the issue of the Black Death. Uh, and this was the way he approached it. He said this, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine to others and take it myself. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. And I shall have done what he has expected of me, and so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbour needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but I will go freely. He said, I see this as such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. It's really wise pastoral advice for a follower of Jesus from another age. Don't be brash. Don't be foolhardy, don't tempt God, be faith-filled, be responsible, and be willing to take every opportunity to be generous in serving others, even if that is at risk. So question, how have the last few weeks been unfolding for you? What's been happening for you? Yeah, a lot of changing, a lot of adapting, 
a lot of uh, rethinking, a lot of reflection. Yeah. And uh, I think when we are faced with an unknown situation, um, one of the best and first responses that we can have is to seek God's heart and to hear from the voice of God. And so that's been a big part of um, our intention in this season is to seek God's heart and not to get too caught up in, in what our mind games can play as we think about the unknown and what that might bring. Um, but a lot of reflecting, a lot of time with family, which is always a good thing. And so I think um, as we navigate this season, that we do understand that there's discomfort and there's frustration, but there's also some real incredible growth opportunities for us as individuals and as families. So we've been uh, highlighting those in our house. Absolutely. We need to hear from God. And that's what's interesting about this message because um, I was uh, in the plan, in our preaching plan, today was going to be a very different message. Yeah, right. uh, Pastor Corey phoned me and said, Al, um, we're going to put that message on hold for later in the year. And uh, as a result, I had to say, well, Lord, what on earth would you have me to speak? Yeah. What I'm about to share with you is what I felt the Holy Spirit turn me towards. I've never preached this passage before in my life, but it's for you. Yeah. And my trust is that you're going to not only uh, receive something from myself and Simone today, but you're going to receive something from the Lord because the Holy Spirit provoked me to search this passage out. Some people have been at home and quiet with not much to do. Some people are actually working harder than they ever have in their lives. And I want to tell you, around here at Numa, I think that's pretty much how it is. People are working harder here than they ever have. And have a, have a thought continually for the hospitals and the medical people who are also working harder than perhaps they ever have in their lives to remember them, don't make their life harder, do everything you can in prayer and by behaviour to help them in what they're seeking to do. Some people have found themselves in the middle uh, of profound change, and that's true for Helen and myself. Almost, uh, well, virtually all my commitments for the next six months evaporated, and so suddenly I find myself in very uncertain times along with everybody else, but it is a potentially profoundly valuable moment. I had a moment like this years ago uh, in my first trip to India. Uh, I was sent off to uh, speak in a place called Nagaland, which is kind of one of the northern provinces of India. And uh, in, in those days, we didn't have email. Um, all we really had was telegrams. And I received a telegram to be in Calcutta on a certain date. But I didn't have any connection details with the people who had invited me. I didn't even have their names, let alone an address. And so I got on a plane and flew to India and went straight to a hotel in Calcutta. And there I sat for the next six days. Um, I had no TV, no Netflix, what a disaster. Uh, no car to jump into and just go for a drive and alleviate the tension. No golf, no Xbox, wow. no Facebook to scan, no, no one to post to, no friends to process with and no one to text. And there I sat for those six days in quietness and silence and in the middle of that, I had a profound insight to my own life. Yeah. And it was a very simple one. That my life was so filled with busyness that you could really describe my life as a series of distractions. Mm. Um, do you realise there is a big picture for life? Yeah. And yet most of the time in our busy Western world, we find ourselves really engaged endlessly in, in distractions and in that the big picture of life can get yeah. profoundly lost. Yeah. The reality is that there is a big picture of, of life and the big picture of life is summed up by the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Let me read it to you from Acts chapter 17. 
This is what he says. From one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. As I sat there in that hotel, I was reminded uh, once again that the big picture of life is that my life is probation. My life is probation. The essence of the gospel is not, can you be happy for the next five minutes? The essence of the gospel is, can you know God as your father for all eternity? Life is not just about today and tomorrow. Life is an opportunity to encounter God and to embrace eternity through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Life is probation. When you get a, a license, they give you a, a probationary license. You, you get a colour on your pee to say that you've got this license and if you, can, if you can manage the behaviours of a decent driver, we'll give you a full license. Your life is probation. The years of your life, however long or short they may be, are your opportunity yep. to engage in the big picture of life, to connect with Jesus, to discover that you are not an animal, to discover that you are human, you are a human being created in the image of God. You were born for heaven. You were born for God. And if you miss that, then whatever else you do in life was a triviality. Whatever else you did in life was a distraction. And there in Calcutta, in those six days of quiet, I discovered that um, in the quietness of life, you end up face to face with yourself. And this is a moment of disruption for many of the nations of the world, particularly Australia, America, uh, England, the, the Western nations of the world, where we have so many opportunities to distract ourselves endlessly, suddenly we find our life disrupted. And what disruption does, it leads to a moment of clarity. It can lead to a moment of insight. And I pray God it will lead for many to a moment of revelation. Yes. And that revelation uh, needs to be encountered with the gospel. And this is the title of one I want to share with you today. Folks, it's story time. It's a time for stories. Um, Psalm 107 is one of those great places in the Bible where we are pleaded with by the God who created the heavens and the earth, tell your story. Simone, could you, could you read for us those first three verses of Psalm 107? Sure, it says, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. It's a plea from the Holy Spirit to tell your story. Yep. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Right now, all over this country, people are finding themselves facing trouble of different kinds. Mums at home with kids from school with no end in sight, that's trouble. Um, but trouble of every kind. Let me read to you that same passage from the Passions Translation. It sounds like this. Let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. And here's why. He's better than anyone could ever imagine. Yes, he's always loving and kind. And his faithful love never ends. 
So go ahead and let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together from all over the world. He set us free to be his very own. Numa is one of many gatherings around this nation of men and women whom God has touched. And he, he found you in one of many life situations. Fact is, the potential for us to simply be filling, to filling our lives with distractions is now experiencing a moment of disruption. And when we are disrupted in those moments, we find ourselves facing ourselves. Don't waste the moment. Now here in Psalm 107, and you can read it through at your own leisure, the Bible gives us four pictures, uh, different pictures of life in which God encounters people and helps them discover the big reason for life, that they were made for heaven and they were made for God. Simone, would you read for us verses four and five? Here's the first picture of where people find themselves in the journey of life. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. I call this just simply the challenge of the search for life. Let me read that same passage to you in the Passion Translation. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads. We were just restlessly on the move with no true direction or dwelling place. Starving, thirsting, staggering, we became desperate and filled with despair. And in the middle of that, God encountered people. Uh, I describe this as just the, the garden variety search for life. The fact that people are born into the world, made in the image of God, made for God, made for heaven, and they don't have a clue yeah. who God is, how you find your way to heaven, yeah. and, and what the big purpose of life is all about. Yet they have deeply rooted passions. They have a deep cry within them for acceptance, a deep cry for value, a deep desire to belong, and they have all kinds of passions searching uh, to try to find what they feel the essence of life is about. Uh, isn't it supposed to be brilliant? Isn't life supposed to be amazing? Isn't it supposed to be exciting? And as a result, people go on a search for life. Tell me, um, wh where, did, where did life find you? Just in this very simple regard of the cry in the human heart to find life. Yeah, look, I guess when I read this scripture here and I think about people wandering and being lost... Um, I think for me, growing up in a Christian home with a loving family and, and being taught the Word of God from a very young age, um, we don't always realise that we're lost. We don't always realise what necessarily our need of God is in that sort of situation. But for me, um, I grew up in a very... Um, encouraging place and so I had good friendships, I had good family around me but what I didn't realise was that that was becoming something that was of value to me more than my own relationship with God and so uh, there was a, a, a journey for me in understanding what it is that God had destined me for and how it was that he saw me apart from these relationships that I was dependent on, apart from these people in my world who gave me value and, and made me feel like I was important, that apart from them, that, 
that there was something even more meaningful and valuable about how God saw me and how he valued me. And so it wasn't until I had a relational breakdown of friendship where there was a conflict and we ended up um, having to separate ways and go in our, in our different directions in life mm. that it began to trigger within me this sense of, well, how, how am I going to find my value now? How am I going to know and understand my identity mm. without this person? in my world and this breakdown of relationship was actually what arrested my attention to understand that there was something lost and something broken within me that I had been seeking from somebody else. And so God began to take me on this journey where I was confronted firstly with this pain and this brokenness and then God began to love on me and, and help me come to a point where I could pour out my heart to him, pour out my life to him. And and he began to redefine for me who it was that that he created me to be. And that those friendships and those relationships were about um, a blessing and an enrichment in my life, but that ultimately it was most important how God saw me. And so there was a, a realisation in the deep pain where God began to whisper to me that he saw me, that he knew me and that he loved me. That's brilliant. That's your story. People need to hear that story. Um, ask you out there, what's yours? Yeah. You, you cannot hear a story like that and say, oh, that doesn't relate to me. Every human being experiences this search for life. Yeah. You, you find yourself puzzled over your own emotions, yeah. over the cries on the inside, yeah. over the pain that you feel. Yeah. And when people have no guide, when they have no truth, they have no big picture of life, they have no understanding of who God is and that Christ is the, is the truth, the life, the way. They have no understanding at all. They struggle. They wander like nomads in the yeah. desert until they just get worn out and at times just don't know what to do. People need to hear your story. Have you got one? Oh, boy. It's story time, folks. Yeah. Uh, one of the most important things that our community needs right now is not simply arguments, they need to hear stories. They need to hear how it happened for you. And that's what this psalm is crying out for. Um, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, That first story, this issue of the search for life, is what sets us up for the second story. Simone, could you read us verse 10 from Psalm 107? Yeah, verse 10 says, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. They fell down. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. I was unfair to you. I just, I contracted (laughs) that a little bit. That's okay. Right at the very end, he simply says, he sums it up by saying, they fell down with nobody to help. Here's a picture of people who are not just wandering. Now they're bound, they're trapped, they're imprisoned, they've become addicted to something. You see, in the search for life, one of the most dangerous moments is that you find something that you think will do it for you. Um, I mean, I could tell a million stories, but the one that sits most in the centre of my heart when I read that verse, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, I think of my own brother, Neil. Um, My own brother, Neil, has told the story publicly more than once. How at the age of 15, even though growing up in a a good family, he's like everybody else. He's on a search for life and he's not sure where he's going to find it. Uh, he said, we sat around as a group one night and said, how dumb would we ever be to take drugs? The very next night, he said, I had my first shot of heroin. And in that moment, he said, I, I never believed that such peace was possible. 
uh, if you can't get it with Jesus, well, I'll get it from a chemical. And he said, I almost had a conversion that um, I thought, well, if heroin can make you feel this good, I'll do it for the rest of my life. And this, by the way, is not an advertisement for heroin. It's simply a well that he drank at and suddenly he thought he'd found the answer to the, the cry for his heart, for peace. Reality was that five years later, he'd buried five of his best friends and he was lying in a rehabilitation ward, uh, having been arrested by the Commonwealth Police. And it was in that ward he had this experience. As he was lying in that ward, he said, a thought came to me that if there really is a God, maybe there's a way out of this because he'd become bound and trapped and imprisoned. Um, he'd become a, a, an addict himself. Fact is that the very next day, or that night, he, he checked himself out, hitchhiked across Melbourne, came to my little sister's house, and she'd only just recently given her life to Christ. And she took him to see a friend of mine, and my friend led him to Jesus, and my brother began a journey out of darkness into the life of God. Today, he's a grandfather with uh, not only three of his own children, but lovely grandkids and a lovely wife, and a, and a life that actually works. That's his story, and today, all over this country, people need to hear those stories yeah. let me ask you a question what's yours yeah. what's yours because Numa, it's it's story time people need to hear those stories did you ever find yourself bound or trapped uh, or imprisoned in some way uh, did you have an encounter with God that changed everything because people need to hear that story um, now we come to the third story and and the second will often the second story often leads us to the third Simone, could you read us verses 17 and 18? It says, Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. What a wonderful thought. When the Bible uses the word fools here, it's not an abusive thing, it's just a descriptive thing. Yeah. One of the... Uh, most important Bible verses you can ever know by heart is simply this one, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And when you rob people of the knowledge that there is a creator in whose image they have been formed, when you rob them of the knowledge that there is a place that people can go, because you just read it then, in the midst of this distress, the Bible says, this poor man cried, the tragedy of our generation is by and large the average Australian has dismissed the thought of God from every part of their life. And as a result, the tragedy is that not wanting to be abusive, but we live like fools as if there is no place for a person to go. And the reality is this, when, when a, the, you live in a body that was created for heaven and created for God, you're living with a brain that was created for hope and it was created for life. And when you rob your thought life of the truth that there is a place that you can go, it, the door will never be closed. The, because of Christ, the door of heaven is forever open to anyone who's willing to cry and come in Jesus' name. You turn a nation of smart people into fools. And what happens then is that the, our brains, our thought life begins to de, 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 uh, diminish and becomes depleted. Uh, we tragically have a limbic system that modifies all the hormones that flow through our body and helps our body to behave in the way it was designed to do. And nothing damages our thought life and damages our brain more than depressive, dark, uh, 
foreboding, fear, that robs us of any sense that there's someone who is for us and there's always a place that we can go. And I want to just tell you a very simple and sad story. I have a friend of mine who works in industry seeking to connect the gospel with men in the workplace. Um, we've been starting a ministry called the Braveheart Freedom Fighters. And uh, one of the reasons that we created this is because increasingly in the workplace, they are realizing the struggle that men are having in the workplace is that they go to work every day and operational health and safety is not just about having signs on the walls uh, and ladders that don't fall over and you know high-res suits to wear. It's, it's also about what's going on in a man's yeah. brain. Because when a man goes to work and he has no meaning in his life, it begins to impact the way he treats himself and the way he treats others. Uh, when a man goes to work and his communication skills have been damaged because he has no guide in his life to help him know how to open his heart, doesn't know how to relate well to his wife, doesn't know how to relate well to his children, he goes to work with a damaged marriage and in the workplace he's a dangerous man. Not because uh, he wants to be, but because his life is depleted. Um, there are the issues of money worries, the recognition that often men are living under a mountain of debt and they go to work and their only reason for going to work is to earn another pay packet to try to alleviate the financial crisis that they're in. And often men go to work with both mental and physical health depleted. And in that environment, this psalm has something to say. Some were fools because why? They load their food, they drew near to the gates of death because they've been robbed of any sense of meaning, they've been robbed of a sense of purpose, they've been robbed of communication skills. And here's a very tragic story. He was working in uh, some of the largest projects that are taking place in Melbourne today. He said the day that the government announced this shutdown, three of those men took their own lives because suddenly they felt they were faced with a crisis that was totally beyond their control. They couldn't imagine where they would go for help. And in that, they, they simply said they drew near to the gates of death. They simply gave up. And this leads us to the fourth story. The fourth story, Simone, would you just read for us the fourth story in verses 23 to 27? It says in verse 23, Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. There's a story about businessmen. Businessmen just going about their normal daily work. They, they do the best they can to play in their day. They do their best, best to create a strategy to do meaningful work to provide some useful goods or services. No, they plan production, they plan shipping. They get it on board a ship and off they go to feed their family, to create the kind of economic development that makes life possible. Mm. And what do they bump into? They bump into this stormy wind that lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven and down to the depths suddenly they're facing waves that would take anyone's courage away. Bible says they reeled and staggered like drunken men and they were at their wit's end. It's a story about a businessman who's suddenly facing challenges beyond any human capacity to confront or to control. And the sad thing is that there'll be many businessmen and many families 
relying on those businessmen that find themselves in exactly this situation today. That the economic situation, the economic storm is simply beyond their capacity to control. I've got to say that um, in, a, in a mild way, I can face this as one of my first uh, challenges as a young father and a young husband was when Helen and I built our first home. And there are economic forces that going on that, as a human being, you just can't control them. They're just too big for any human being to control. And we'd built our new home and we'd just moved into that new home and suddenly, for us, interest rates didn't come down. They went up 50% in one week. Suddenly, our mortgage uh, went up 50%. And then I got a bill from the, the lawyers on the settlement of our house that was a total mystery. I'd never expected it to come. I had absolutely no resources. And this was the very first time I ever had to pray for money, mm. knowing that by five o'clock tomorrow, I'd either have an answer or I wouldn't have an answer. The first time I ever had to get down on my knees and say to God, um, I hope what Jesus said is true, because Jesus, you said, go into your closet and pray, and the Father will see it in secret. Well, there was no one else in that bedroom when I went on my knees. And I had to say to God, by five o'clock tomorrow, I need a check or we lose our house. Now, Lord, I'm trusting that what Jesus said is true, that you can, you can see me on my knees and you're hearing this prayer. And I said to the Lord, Lord, this is it. This is one of those moments where by five o'clock tomorrow, it's either done or it's dusted. The amazing thing was the very next day, a um, real estate agent whom I had helped to gain his leaving certificate so he could get his certificate to function as a real estate agent, heard about my plea, simply wrote a cheque and paid that settlement fee on my behalf. Wow. By five o'clock the next day, my prayer had been answered wow. and the grace of God was simply my experience. Yeah. It was a moment like that that drove me to prayer mm. and I simply want to say to you, uh, if that's my story, you may need to hear it today. That's my story. Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. The Bible simply sums up all these four stories with the same phrase. Listen to it. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble yeah. and he delivered them from their distress. Yeah. The first story was about people lost and wandering. Is that where you are? Mm. If you were honest, if in the, in the middle of the disruption of all of the distractions that go on in your life. If, if you were honest in your quiet, are you, are you a bit lost? Are you, are you wandering? Are you not sure what to do next? The Bible says they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Are you bound? You find yourself in the middle of some addictive prison, some, some place that you never intended to get this place, but it's really where you are. Let me just read to you just one story of a man who wrote to me last year after finding himself addicted to pornography. He said this, Dear Alan, last year I had the opportunity to participate in the Valiant Man course and I just wanted to say thanks. In June 2017, I came clean about my porn addiction to my wife from whom I'd just separated. I heard about the course soon afterwards and I was the ugliest version of myself back then. In addition to the addiction, I'd been verbally abusive and emotionally abusive. I was angry all the time and I was totally disinterested in sex with my own wife. And it had been getting worse. 
I had no idea what coming clean would accomplish. And it was hard. It was very hard until I'd done it. Now it's changed everything. Wounds have started the long process of healing and we began reconciling. And I've kept clean since then, thanks in no small part to Valiant Man, the support of trusted friends and the amazing forgiveness of my wife. I pulled out a church ministry to heal and I've not regretted it. My wife and I now worship together as never before and we're back together again. And I keep myself accountable to her and to my accountability partners. Our love life is the best and healthiest it's ever been, as is my relationship with God and my kids. I don't own a computer anymore, and the anger I carried around is gone. I've also come to grips with the fact that I was sexually abused as a child. And in an unexpected turn of events, I've experienced physical healing in the past year as well. I'd been dealing with chronic nerve pain that the doctors couldn't explain. Uh, it'd been going on for a decade. After coming clean and staying clean, I just noticed the pain had gone. I went from walking with a cane to running around with my kids and playing. I now have full-time work and I can provide for my family. I've been clean for 11 months now. No porn, no masturbation, and I've never felt more free. Uh, no day or night is easy, but being continually transparent keeps the burden light. I know porn is an addiction that takes most, if not all, of its power from the shadows, so to speak. Staying out of the dark helps a great deal. Something is profoundly different now and I want it to stay that way. Thank you for all your words of wisdom in the Valiant Man course. You've helped change my life and I and my wife could not be more grateful. I just wanted you to know. Do you know what he did? He did what this psalm said. He cried to the Lord in his trouble and the Lord delivered him from his distress. This psalm is a plea for you to tell your story. Yeah. Now, why should you? I'll tell you a number of reasons. Firstly, for your own sake. Mm -hmm. Tell your story again, because as you do, you stir up remembrance of what God has done yeah. for you in the past. Yeah. Secondly, the people who perhaps are sharing the room with you today may need to hear your story. There may be someone who happens from your own family sitting in that room today who needs to hear. They may have never heard your story before. I heard your story for the first time today and I'm glad to hear it and those who've heard it today may have desperately needed to hear Pastor Simone tell hers. Here's another reason, get your story back on the front burner. You will encounter people even in the midst of isolation who desperately need to hear your story and I tell you another reason, for the name of the Lord. Yeah. Glorify the Lord with your story today. Simone could you read the last verse for us? Psalm 107 verse 43. It says, Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Whoever's wise, attend to these things. Tell your story. Consider the steadfast love of the Lord. You are not an animal. You are not alone. You are a human being made in the image of God for the love of God. It may be that you're listening to this today and you're already a follower of Jesus. When we're finished, why don't you share your stories with one another? And there's going to be uh, some uh, reminders up on the screen to, to help you perhaps share your story with each other. It may be that you came to this time today and you have never given your life to Christ. Today is your day. Tell someone in that room, I need Jesus. Yeah. They'll help you to pray.
God bless you. We want to thank Pastor Dr. Alan Meyer, actually, for being with us today. It's such a privilege to have you um, as a part of our church family, but also being able to share your heart in such a way. So thank you so much today for, to Dr. Al. I'm sure that you have really been so blessed by that word, and it is such a really great encouragement for us in this season to remember that, uh, that God can use us in this way so powerfully to reach out to other people. So I'd encourage you in that today. And Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.